Welcome to the Growth Moves Podcast with Rob Tyson. Welcome back, listener. Rob Tyson here. And in the last episode, I talked about how to virtually guarantee a successful online program launch. So be sure to catch up on that if you missed it. But I'm here today with a friend of mine. Warren Knight is here. Now, Warren is an award-winning keynote speaker. He's a top 100 global and tech influencer, and he's internationally recognized as a speaker, trainer, and coach on digital leadership and digital transformation. And he's also author of the book, Think Digital First. And we've got a great topic for you today because Warren, we're going to be talking about how to create a business out of your expertise using thought leadership. It's good to see you. Yeah, good to see you, Rob, and thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, I know it's been quite a while, and I keep promising to come on, but I'm so pleased that we're here today, so thank you. Yeah, that's cool. No, we're, well, it's obviously it's a weird time, isn't it, for everyone? We, yeah, we had to reschedule a few times, so it's good to finally be, be chatting now. We so, um, yeah, yeah, so let's open it up. So what is thought leadership? Well, from my perspective, thought leaders are seen as trustworthy experts. You know, they really set the pace for their industry. They become that go-to person offering intelligent insights and informed ideas. And somebody that has experience, it could be decades and decades of experience, and the type of business that they were running previously has now changed. They need to rethink, remap, remaster, use all these, all these lovely rewords, reinvent, whatever it might be. And if they just take that experience and share it, then they can be seen as that go-to person in their industry. I like it. And um, we're, we're going to talk about some of the ways, um, some of the ways that people can do that. And I know that Possibly one of the struggles people have when they're trying to figure figure this out and they like the idea of, of being a thought leader is they may have lots of valuable but quite diverse experience. So they may have worked in many industries or they may have um, worked in many disciplines. And if you're in that position where you're not, you, you know, you're not quite sure, you know, where to position yourself, because often people can think, well, I can do a dozen things and therefore I might go out into the market and offer a dozen things and be everything we, we, to everybody. Exactly. And we, we know that's going to be counterproductive, but the, um, and we probably just know that from hard won experience. Right. But, yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah. But, and, and to Rob, to be fair, that's what I love about your content because, you know, I've been on your list for a long time. You know, we're both part of some, some private groups and I love the way that you get people to niche down and truly understand a, their expertise and how that expertise can fit a, a, a micro niche audience. Because I think once you've nailed that process, then you can start expanding, right? And that's what I love about your content. Yeah, well, no, no, thanks. And I mean, yeah, I mean, just talk to us a little bit more about that because I think that's exactly right. So, you know, what are, what are some of the practical things we can do that to just try to find that niche or that correct identity for ourselves? What do you think? Well, you, you hit the nail on the head with that word. It is about having a clear identity. I think what we need to do now is just take a little step back, truly understand our core values. So where our personal values sit right in this current climate, 
Because when we understand our core values and the business that I've set up, I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk about this soon. You know, we have our core values front and center. So if you don't like a little bit of tough love and if you're not being, you know, uh, you don't want to build a purpose driven business, then guess what? We're not going to be right for you. So immediately it kind of pushes the right people away with the message that you're sending out around your true core values. And this is about you standing strong, firm, tall uh, in your identity in regards to who you are, because then your target audience just, they want you straight away. They get to understand, you know, who you are and what you do because of you sharing your core values and getting clarity around your identity. And do you have a rule of thumb for how many of these these values we we might have? Because I guess if we've got a hundred of these things to just kind of make, take it to an absurd <laughs> level, they're not so core, right? But I mean, is, is it is your idea? Is it is it one thing? Is it three things? Is it ten things? How do you look at it? Look at that. Yeah. So in in experience, I'd probably say focus on five. Now you can have five core values, but underneath those core values, you might have two, three, four, five other values that are very similar that match, but there's, there's one that just really resonates with you. So, uh, and if it's okay with you, Rob, well, we've actually got a, a PDF. It's a 500 word core value document. And the idea of that is that you just seal these incredible words. You find the ones that resonate with you. You start circling them, you know, sit down with a glass of wine, cup of coffee, whatever it might be. And then you start grabbing these words and, and putting them into kind of lanes, into channels and go, well, actually, if I'm going to you know, be purpose driven, what does that really mean? Does that mean I'm going to be authentic? Does that mean I'm you know, ethical in my approach? Oh, authentic. Maybe that should be another keyword. And I've got other keywords that sit underneath that. So I'd probably say four or five key top, top core value words and then you're going to have other kind of core values that sit underneath them. Now, that might change over time, and that's okay. You know, it, even where we were before, uh, you know, the environment that we're in right now, things might have changed, shifted, mindset, you know, big conversation on mental health. You might have had to work through something that's been around for a long time and you've dealt with it. So one of your core values has now shifted. And so by having that mindset shift and being overtly open about that people will authentically resonate with that and want to find out more about you and and this from the sound of things talking to you you know this is the very first thing you you would advise people to do so this this comes even before you know thinking about the possible business model and products and all that kind of stuff so you've, you've got to squit you're basically saying you've got to square this away first definitely because i know you know this as well you know we've both worked with a lot of people over the years right and when you engage with somebody and they go oh, I've got this, I've got that, and I've got this. All I need is, is, is that bit of help. So all I need is some marketing automation. And you go, hmm, okay, let me take a step back and have a look at this. Like, ah, your tone of voice isn't connecting. You know, you don't have any call to actions. You haven't created your product staircase. You know, all of these ways that if people want to get connected to you through an email that you send, then how can they 
then jump onto a webinar, then maybe to a one-day workshop and into a, you know, kind of a, a two-month accelerator program, then maybe into your mastermind. If you haven't got clarity on all of those things, um, then you know, jumping in the middle is just going to not get you the results that you want. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, I know I've been, it took me a long time to learn this as well. Um, <laughs> but you do, I think it's a natural thing to do, isn't it? You reach, it is now, yeah. you reach for the tactical pieces before you've got the strategy right. And yes. you think the answer is in tactics. And in reality, like tactics, as you say, like sending an email, that can be great. But if you, yep. if you haven't got the foundation, it's not going to get you too far. It's not, it's not. And a small little change isn't going to get you the big results that you want. And that's where, from our perspective, we've got to go right to the core. We've got to, you know, give you some tough love. You know, sometimes we get tears, sometimes we get laughter, um, whatever it might be, but it's a shift. And it's a massive shift of realization to go, oh, I can breathe now. Now I get it and I understand it. And other things, you just get a lot more clarity around where to go next. Yeah, right. And, the, and then the, the value of that is it can just kind of um, trickle down. It just... It cascades it, down. Exactly. Yeah, it just that's, influences everything else then, doesn't it? It does, it does. Because you could have somebody who maybe is a, uh, they're a coach, consultant, and they're a public speaker. And they've just, not, they've just not been connecting. You know, they might get asked to come and speak, but then not asked to come back again. And sometimes they don't really know why. And when you step into their core values and you look at that tone of voice and that branding and, you know, everything's kind of slightly off center, when you realign them and they, they then go and make those small tweaks to their website and the way they're communicating, then you can start getting some good results. But you've got to go back to the core. Yeah, no, really good, really good. And so let's assume we've done that and we, we, we've done this, you know, really valuable thinking about what those core values are, we then can turn to thinking about what are some of the different business models we we might use. So what are some of those uh, different business models we might follow if we're uh, if we're a thought leader, if we're trying to grow a, a business with some thought leadership and which models do you tend to like the best? I think to start off with, it's about simplicity. So once you've you know, created your identity and you really know who you're talking to, so in other words, your audience, then it really is about your business model moving forward. So with somebody who has expertise, let's say in the uh, automotive industry, and they could use a business model where they present themselves as a public speaker. They know when they talk based on experience that there are going to be two or three people in that room that are interested in working with that person as a consultant. Now, they might do that as a free model. So they're speaking for free because they know one or two clients in that room could well be worth in excess of, you know, 25, 30, 50 grand to them um, over a 12 month period. And then they know once they've created that consultancy and they've built um, a relationship with the people, then they realize that the CEO could really do with some coaching. And that's when potentially that kind of next step up that uh, staircase enables him once he's built the trust, the business has grown, the CEO's seen the difference, but the CEO hasn't changed his core identity or what he's going through and engages with that person 
to then continue working with him as a coach over a long, long, long period of time. Um, so that could be one business model that somebody could use. Um, I chose to go down the road of presenting myself as a professional speaker, but over in um, uh, Africa, Asia, in the Middle East. And then on the back of being a professional speaker and getting paid to come and talk, I then would still find people in the room that would be interested in me. And then it would be built into like a three-day training program and then into consultancy. So there are different ways that you can do it. It's all about where your comfort zone sits. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And um, let's say, you know, we've decided on that, on that positioning, we've thought about our business model. What's the, what's the the best strategy or what should we consider when we're trying to figure out the best strategy? It might be a better question to begin to take all that to the market. Well, I think that's where the difference of positioning yourself as a thought leader really kicks in because whether we're, and you know this as well as me, we're in creation zone. So we can't do our sales, we can't do our marketing, we can't do our delivery. But when we're creating, we have to be in that creative space to do that. And then we could be in a marketing space and then the sales space and then the delivery space. So there's kind of different zones that we might be in at different times. However, when you position yourself as a thought leader and you create content on a regular basis, at any time, any one person can read, watch, listen to that piece of content and reach out to you and it's irrelevant what zone you're in whether it's create deliver sales or market if that person reached out to you and you're in that delivery zone and you know that you haven't got any more availability to work with a client for another three months the fact that person's reached out to you he has already made a decision through your marketing as a thought leader to want to work with you so the minute that he contacts you and you pick up the phone to that person, he's like, I don't care how much you are. I don't care when I can have you. I just want you. So tell me when we can start working together. And so the concept of you being a thought leader and continuously marketing yourself enables you to know that when somebody does reach out to you, your marketing has already helped make the decision for them to want to work with you. Yeah, and, and I love that. You said something very interesting there as well, there just in passing. And uh, it just kind of reminded me that I think when you move into this position, mm-hmm. you it does require a mindset shift. It from, does. You're going from kind of doer to marketer. And, uh, that's right. And so um, and I suppose that's a key thing, which is that, when you understand that, what it means is that you you never really let up on the marketing, right? I mean, you know, you, you know, and, and, and that doesn't mean that it's necessarily you turning the wheel all the time because you not at you all. Could, That's why you need a team, right? Well, and you, yeah, I mean, talk to us about that in a second, if you will. But yeah, you know, you're gonna you can create some systems to actually make this happen. Yes. Um, yeah, go go for it. I was gonna say, I think the biggest. The biggest shift for me and the people that we work with is one very simple word, and that is called repurposing. So, for instance, you know, I'll create, I've written over a thousand articles, and I'll create a 1500 word article that sits on my website. 
So let's say that I release that on a Saturday. A week later, I will then go and put that onto LinkedIn. I will then go and put that onto Medium. Um, I will then go and create content based on that article, both from a visual perspective and from a written perspective. And I will take that same content and amplify it across Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, you know, wherever you, your target audience hang out. It also then becomes part of your email marketing. So let's say that you're talking about the five best ways of becoming a thought leader in the um, fashion industry. Then through your email marketing, you can share to your audience two of those tips and say, hey, if you want to read the rest of the three tips, click here and read my article. So that one article that's been written, and bearing in mind there are some fantastic copywriters out there that can help you with this content in your tone of voice, get something written once and have a strategy around how you can repurpose that content over a period of time, whether it's seven days, a month, whatever it might be, but just have that mindset of doing something once, doing it well, and then repurposing it. Yeah, I mean, that's such a useful idea, isn't it? And and it was occurring to me as you speak, of course, you know, you people could equally do what we're doing right now. I mean, you could of course. You know, get an interview, you can easily yeah. get that transcribed, you know, there's, uh, you can easily do that online these days, can't you? A little um, AI just allows, transcribes it quite nicely, gives you a bit of content. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so even if writing is not your bag, this Use audio. Yeah, there's yep, nothing, there's nothing nothing to stop you doing this stuff is there and that's it you know even even if you don't like appearing on camera you can just do an audio interview you can get that transcribed yeah um and you can just get creative with it so quick yeah. so question for you then warren so yes. because i know a lot of people will they, they they may be listening to this and some of them may have thought well i did do that you know i tried that for a month mm. and i didn't seem to get any clients so where do you kind of how can people tell whether what they're doing is, is successful? Because on the one hand, you could say, well, you know, you just got to keep creating stuff. It's a leap of faith and you just got to keep going until something happens. But equally, um, are there any sort of benchmarks we can use where we say, oh, well, actually, I've been doing this for a month or two months and, you know, I'm, I'm, nothing's happening and I must be kind of doing it wrong. So do you get my, do you catch my drift there? Do you understand? 100%. What I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mm. I totally understand where you're coming from. I think before you even start out, you need to define what your objectives are. Yeah. Um, you know, just just creating a, a, an article and amplifying it across a couple of networks, you know, isn't going to win you business immediately. The objective is that if you're going to run a webinar, and like I said, you're going to be a thought leader in the fashion industry, you're going to talk about how retail has been affected by, you know, COVID-19 and the best ways to help grow and you know, amplify your business using partners is the message that somebody wants to get across. So they would create content based around that tone of voice. They would then, from a, a purpose perspective, then drive people onto a webinar where they are doing some data capture. They're actually getting people's names and email addresses because once they've then ran that webinar, so this is all free at the moment, right? Nobody's having to put their hands in their pocket for anything. 
at the end of that webinar, so this is like, what are your objectives? Write a piece of content, offer people the opportunity to jump onto you know, a webinar. And then at the end of the webinar, do um, an upsell, give them an offer, give them something, give them a way how they can continue working with you because they have got connected to your core values. They can see that you're an expert in the industry and you prove that credibility. And now what they want to do is they want to work with you. And by sharing with them the opportunities of how you can work with them, then you can start truly understanding the measurement of writing an article through to people reading that article and then joining the webinar and then people potentially wanting to work with you. And it, it does all come down to really looking at your metrics. And I know you're a bit of a metrics guy and you know that's what I like about you. And I, I, I love, I'm not, I'm not, Although I've, I've built a couple of tech companies, I'm not a techie, but I do love looking at the numbers. You know, if I've sent an email out, I want to see what the open rate is. I want to see what the click-through rate is. I want to see if people turned up and then what that potential close rate was. So just some very simple metrics around uh, how many new people arrived on my website because of the article that I wrote. How many people viewed the article on LinkedIn? How many likes did it get? Um, if it got three comments, did I spend the time to get back to those three people that commented? Because as you know well, it's all about engagement. All of these algorithms are all about engagement. You get engagement on your website, Google loves it. Twitter, Facebook, you know, Instagram, LinkedIn, it's all about engagement. So that would be one of your higher metrics to make sure that people are conversing on your um, article, content, post, video, live stream, whatever it might be, to then know that if these people are really engaging with me and I can truly show them my expertise, then the opportunity of them doing some data capture can really start to happen for you. But like you say, it's not going to happen overnight. Don't think that you're going to get, you know, an extra 10, 50, 100 grand wherever you're at at the moment with your business uh, in in the next three months, it's a long tail process. And it is all about you being positioned as that go-to person in the industry. Because at any time, Sky News can contact you. The local radio can contact you. You never know who's watching what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I suppose the other thing, thinking from the, the point of view of the organizations you might want to do business with, that at any time, it could be only 10% of them are in the market for what you do, but it doesn't mean exactly. the, you know, the other 90% at some point are going to come into play. And it's just, are you, were you around at that time? Were you still there? Were you being consistent? I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, you know, once you've got that clarity around your identity, you're really focused on that audience and you've created a business model that's going to work for you. Having that very clear proposition to work with somebody, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to be a professional speaker. And that's just me. You know, you and I know some, you know, some great, incredible speakers that are out there and that's their business model. They don't offer training. They don't offer consultancy. That's all that they want to do. So they create the thought leadership around what it is that they want to achieve their proposition. And then they go out and market. Yeah, really good. And one thing uh, I just want to ask you about quickly, because I know you, you've, this is something you've done with great success in the past, I know, which is there may be people saying, you know, kind of listening and um, they want to be a thought leader in a space or they, they want to do some thought leadership to promote their um, 
existing business yeah you know maybe that's a service business or whatever yeah uh, and they may be saying well you know this is okay for you warren because you go and do this speaking you know you've got a good network but i don't have a good network and what i would like you to to talk to us about just for a couple of minutes because i know you've done this really successfully in the past is you have um worked with professional and trade associations and right. just kind of used them as um I suppose it's kind of a shortcut in in a way. So you know, you know, you can kind of give these give these people and their members something of value, and of course that that brings you into the consciousness of of people who who might be in your market. So just, I'd love it if you could just talk to us about that for a second. No problem at all. So the way that we frame that uh, at the Thought Leaders Blueprint is all about having our relationship canvas. So in other words, I'm sure you know, uh, you know, the, the canvas business model that's out there. And what we've done is we've taken that concept and we've created an opportunity for people with expertise that don't have a big reach. So they've only got a couple hundred people on LinkedIn. They don't really use it very well. They haven't taken the time to build a database. They're fearful of even getting up and doing public speaking through partnerships. This is where you can add real value. And this, for me, some of the companies that I've been working with out in the Middle East and, and over in Africa and Asia, it would be virtually impossible for me to knock on a door of an 8,000-person corporate company and get them to buy into my thought leadership for their executives. So I knew the route that I needed to take was through partnerships. So I went online, looked for organizations that had um, companies' logos that were sitting on their websites, associations, training companies, speaker bureaus, whoever it might be, anybody that's got my audience. And by bringing the value of my expertise to that partner, that partner then sells you into their audience. Now, yes, they're going to take a percentage of that. And that's okay because from my perspective, the percentage that they take is what I would normally spend on marketing to find a new client. So if you don't have a big audience already and you don't really enjoy using platforms like LinkedIn or you haven't done your SEO on your website or you're running paid advertising, whatever it might be from a digital marketing perspective, your route to market through partnerships is a fantastic way to start building your profile and actually we've got somebody who specializes in podcasts actually going through our accelerator program at the moment and uh her route to market has been working with partners she has got herself working five days a week yes she's not 100 percent happy with her daily rate but that's okay because there is no cost to marketing there's no cost to running her business. So it enables her to build a credibility, um, enables her to have some incredible brand names that sit on her website because she's the one that did the work with them, but it was through a third-party company. So that is a fantastic route to market. However, you do need to still come from it from a thought leadership perspective because when that partner puts you into their client, that client's going to go and do their homework. So as long as your website says what it needs to say, as long as your LinkedIn profile says what it needs to say, and they can see that through your decades of experience and the timeline that you've got, that you are the right person for them. 
Did that answer your question? Yeah, it did. No, it, it was good. It was just a question that, that occurred to me because um, I think what I really like about that is it, it can be such a powerful shortcut, can't it? Because as, as you really say... Really powerful. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think we, you would probably agree with me that we should all be building our own database and doing all that good stuff. Um, so that we're not, we don't have to be so reliant on others. But, but at the same, in tandem with that, it's a hell of a shortcut. You know, if you can um, build the build trust with a good professional association or you know yeah. another organisation, and they can start to introduce you to to their folks. I mean, that mm-hmm. that um, that can be a hell of a uh, of an asset. That kind of relationship, yeah. can't it? I can't. I like to look at it as that Pareto's eighty twenty law. Yeah. You know, mm. when I'm, I've got four partners that I work with out in the Middle East, you know, and that probably, you know, generates eighty percent of my revenue. Well, did you know, uh, pre-COVID, of course, uh, and, and so that other twenty percent of the revenue was all stuff that I did, you know, in that space of professional speaking. So, if you look at it from that perspective, and you start understanding how it works and the value that you bring. Once you start then having some money to spend on marketing and work with people like you, uh, then you can start shifting that 80-20 round the other way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you can kind of use, you know, you can use use the partnerships um, as, a, as a quick way to, to you know, build your credibility get, by association. Get, exactly. Put some cash in your pocket. Precisely. And then you go out to market. Yeah, and then it gives you the it gives you the foundation to kind of you know develop develop things under your own it, steam. It does, yeah. it does. I mean, you've got to have a very strong model for delivery, right? To do that, so you you can't just pitch up and go, "Hey, you know, I'm going to do this." You've got to know what you're doing and have a methodology around all of that. But um, yeah, it really is a, a quick win opportunity for you. Yeah, I like that. So we we were just touching on this a little bit. Obviously. The time we're recording this, it was possible to be a thought leader completely offline in the past. We could do <laughs> offline events. We could uh, we could actually meet people in person. Imagine that. Remember um, those days. Yeah, right. Right now, of course, that's not an option open to us for the for the most part. Anyway, um, you know, for what it's worth, I'm reasonably optimistic about this. But the reality is, none of us can really know when things like conferences, events, might be back or back in earnest. Mm, so, mm. what what would you say are the what are the most important things in adapting to this online only world if we're running this kind of business you know maybe you know what what have what have been your experiences you've touched on some of them a little bit what what do you think is um is the the, the key to this for us now i think the good thing at the point that we're speaking is that uh, there's been a lot of change and people haven't known how to handle that change coming out the other side uh, of where we're at at the moment, I think we need to really be listening to what some of the big players are talking about. WordPress aren't doing a conference until 2022. That's a big stake in the ground. You know, you've got companies like uh, uh, Amazon and uh, Microsoft and Apple going, we're not doing anything until Q3 of 2021. Uh, and, and that's the statement that they're putting out there at the moment. So we need to listen to that and actually ask ourselves, if that is the reality, then we need to be really having a shift in our mindset now. And so to be able to do digital networking is, is key. There are a lot of people that I know that have been engaging and giving away their content, their time, their energy for free 
to build engagement, to build communities, find where those communities are, you know, join a mastermind group where people are like-minded and can give you the value of taking your knowledge and the concept of digitally networking to help you have that mindset. So if we know that, yes, things are changing slowly, and we know that some of the bigger organizations are putting their stake in the ground and what they're saying. Yes, there's going to be small events that are happening. I mean, I've, I've been booked to go to uh, Lithuania, Sweden and Dubai, you know, before the end of the year. Do I expect to go? No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I go, great. Do I want to go? Mm, not sure. Uh, but, you know, people are moving forward in that direction. Um, so we just have to be mindful that one, we might get one step forward and two steps back. So we've got to really be looking at having that digital mindset shift sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think that's wise. I think you're right because, um, it's a fast changing situation and, uh, and I think you're right. So in, in a way you're, I suppose if I can paraphrase you, what you're saying is be, be conservative about being kind of revolutionary. So like, you know, yeah, make it, exactly. you know, change, change the business, but, yeah. um, but you know, expect that you, you may be doing the online thing for, you know, a while and you can't yeah. naturally assume that, well, you know, in six months time, you know, I'll be back in front of a crowd of 500 people. Yeah, not, not at all. And it, you know, and it isn't, uh, you know, we've got a, a guy on our program at the moment, Barry, you know, he's a little bit older than us. You know, he has written a book that was, you know, very very relevant then and you know now what he's doing is he's going through a complete reposition because of where his core identity sits now he's micro niching down and is has expanded on his previous model to incorporate where we are in in this current environment but he shifted his proposition so he shifted the way that he can work with clients um because of if he can if he knows that he's has to shift then why not shift with it now and be and have that transparency around how to work with people so it, it, it takes a mindset shift it, it it takes um a bit of tough love and you know the reality of looking at yourself because if you keep doing what you're doing in the past you're going to get the same results right for sure yeah absolutely excellent so warren this has been really good so just kind of wrapping it up now um if people only took one nugget or piece of advice away from this conversation what should that be if you really want to change and you're looking at you know using the word re reinvent rethink remap remaster whatever it might be you know that you've got to do something different take a step back and truly look at your core values. What is it? What, what is it that you want to be doing in the next five to 10 years time? What is that? I'm going to use that word legacy that you want to leave. Um, because what was then has now changed compared to what it's going to be in the future. So take a step back, look at your core values, understand what's important to you and how you want to add value to your community your audience your loved ones you know your past clients whatever that might be 
and make that step to visualize those core values. Yeah, excellent. Just kind of bring it back to that essence of you. And as you say, <laughs> exactly. that's, the, that's the place you've got to, you know, you've got to begin, you've got to get that straight. Yeah, and, and it's not an easy on. journey, right? <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Um, uh, and where, where is the best place for people to get more on this, to get more from you, Warren? No problem at all. So you can go to the thoughtleadersblueprint.com website. We've got lots of great content on there. Uh, we're always running uh, various different webinars based around uh, our expertise. Come and connect me on LinkedIn. So just type in Warren Knight. Go to Twitter, Warren Knight on Twitter, uh, Instagram. So, yeah, depending on where you are at the moment, just come along, say hi, you know, tell us that you've enjoyed uh, you know, this uh, today and uh, let's connect. Awesome. Warren, this has been really good. Thank you so much for coming on the show and, and sharing your knowledge. No problem at all, Rob. Thank you for inviting me. Hey, it's Rob again. Want to build a successful online business from your expertise? Well, the game has changed. There are bigger opportunities, but also bigger pitfalls than ever before. And I would hate for you to waste years figuring these things out for yourself. Now, as a listener to this show, you're obviously a sensible person, right? So here's my invitation to you apply to jump on a call with me in the next few days and let's talk about you. You will get feedback on your ideas. You will get a product concept that is fit for right now and you will get a personalized sales and income plan to take away. That is free, but availability is limited. So please go along right now to chatwithrob.com. That is chatwithrob.com. Do that now. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Once again, that is chatwithrob.com. Talk to you soon.